if you remember a few weeks ago, the um, Turning Point USA, Missouri State, Matea Miller, I think she's the president of that. They brought in Charlie Kirk for his um, his tour that he's doing there. And he said a few things that were just, I mean, they, I, I, t- I took some notes on it. We, I was able to watch that. But he said, you become the country that you import. And you stop and think about, you know, that, um, that you import. And, and I would almost even say, I mean, not only, you know, that you import, but that you allow in, like the, the illegal immigrants, if you will. You know, but he was specifically talking about not all, he said not all cultures are created equal. You know, um, all of our, um, all of our charity, all of our goodwill, sometimes it gets taken for granted by some cultures. And he gave, he pointed to the example of Elon Omar, the congresswoman, for up in Michigan, you know, she was brought here as a Somali refugee. You know, she has been given great opportunity. And he asked the question, has America changed Elon Omar or is Elon Omar changing America? And I never forgot that question. And it stuck with me. And I'm going to, I'm going to take it even broader. You know, you look at the squad, our progressive, um, you know, congressmen and women that are um, really, they're the, they're the, the left, the leftist leaning wing of the Democrat Party. You have like Elon Omar. Um, she's probably led by AOC, and um, Corey Bush is on that. Jamal Bowman, Jamal Fire Extinguisher Bowman. Um, you know, there's like I think you know what um, Presley. You know, she's in it. Um, Jaya Paul, I think she's a part of the squad, and then of course Rashida Tlaib. They're all part of the squad. And the thing is, I'm going to ask this. Has America changed them or are they changing America? When you think about the ideals of America that we, you know, were, you know, built on, I mean, it's obviously not a, not a perfect nation. No, no nation is. Every nation has their issues, but I get tired of that. Like when you, when you bring something up, you always got to say, Oh yeah, we're not perfect. No, this is a great nation. Where else than in America, you know, could a young black, you know, kid that were born from two, teenagers who got pregnant both of them end up dropping out of high school real dad been in prison you know more than half of his life so statistics say that he this young man should be in prison at some sort of time you know this young man's gone on to go to college graduated high school went to college got two degrees business management and biblical studies a master's degree in leadership and church ministry ministry and is working on a doctoral degree. That's that's me. That's yours too. Where else could that happen but in America? I mean, they tell me that this country is systemically racist. Man, come on, man. I'm choosing to believe the America that Martin Luther King said that, hey, man, it's a great country, but we still, we haven't arrived yet. We haven't arrived, but we're on the journey. And, and he wanted to make it greater. He wanted to make it better for all men, for all women. And it's a, that's the America that, that I choose to look at. And so then when I look at what these congressmen and women are doing of the squad it just bothers me a little bit and charlie kirk asked the question is you know has america changed them or are they trying to change america when i look at these um some of these members of the squad particularly you saw a few of them give some pretty fiery speeches on the house floor a couple of days ago as they were um looking to um censure rashida Tlaib. and i noticed a couple of things and i want to tell you about those things that i noticed but I want I want to um, have Cass play a few um, a few seconds of some of these speeches that they gave, and and see if you notice what I'm seeing here. So go ahead and Cass play these um, play these clips. What is true 
here is that every single one of them has not acknowledged the fact that Palestinians are dying in the tens of thousands, but will continue to say it is us who are not acknowledging humanity. Rashida will stand strong and the Palestinian movement will continue for liberation until every single Palestinian has the right to live in liberty. That's Elon Omar. So, please learn about Cori Bush. That's what she has to say. Of a, a lack of care and a lack of understanding and a lack of seeing the humanity of folks who look like Rashida Tlaib. It's outrageous that my colleagues are blatantly, blatantly attempting to silence the only Palestinian American representative right here. Um, it's outrageous, but it's not surprising. And let me tell you, it's not surprising because this place is where 1,700 members of Congress, this elected body, enslaved black people. It's- so that's Cori Bush. Now she's from Missouri, um, kind of a crazy story. I remember when I was over, I was pastoring in St. Louis and, um, in 2014, 2015, and that's when Ferguson broke out. Mike Brown, hands up, don't shoot. And, um, one of our local aldermen invited me to a meeting that he said one of the activists was going to be leading there. Um, you know, talked about Black Lives Matter. This is when they starting that organization. Apparently they had a large donor that was given some money and they were going to try to see if that movement can go further. And so, um, that large donor, turned out to be George Soros, and the activist that was leading that meeting was Cori Bush. She went on to be a congresswoman. Now, I did not go to that meeting. Something in my spirit's like, nah, bruh, you don't want to have a part of this. But that's kind of crazy. She's from here in Missouri. And and I want to say that first clip was from Elon Omar, and um, and she's not from Michigan, as I said. It's Minnesota, actually. And um, But so, you know, there's there. And then now you have this last clip is Rashida Tlaib. She's the one that ended up being censured. Here's her, a little bit of her speech as she was trying to talk to her colleagues in the House about not censoring her. Semitism makes us all less safe and worried that your own child might suffer the horrors that six-year-old Wadia did in Illinois. I can't believe I have to say this, but Palestinian people are not disposable. I'm going to say something. Here's three observations. I'm going to give them to you really quickly here. First thing is this. Their passion is heard louder than their message. And I want you to hear me this because... Um, a lot of us are, you know, are reasonable, we're rational thinking people. They say, um, when you're young, if you're not, you know, liberal, then you don't have a heart. And when you're older, if you're not conservative, you don't have a brain. See, I mean, us conservatives, we, a lot of times we think about things rationally and reasonably. We think with our brain, we think about who's going to pay for these ideas. You know, what's the unintended consequences? What's the long term? Is that going to be sustainable? We're thinking rationally, but see these people with their passion, these young, um, articulate, well-spoken um, speakers, they're thinking with their passion and they're leading young people in these college campuses who are also um, um, dealing with professors who believe the same way and, they, and they're dealing with the pedagogy that's baked into the cake of what they're being taught to be liberal there. And they're, and they're, and they're taking that passion and we have to realize that unbridled passion, it becomes obsession and that's what's happening right here. They're convincing people to follow them. Here's the second thing I notice: It's personal for them. They're not thinking about their constituents at these moments right now. They're thinking about each other. You see Ilan Omar when um, Rashida Tlaib's up there crying at the microphone at the podium. She's coming up, hugging her and, you know, rubbing her arm. Cori Bush isn't thinking about her constituents in, in St. Louis. You know, these residents there in St. Louis, could they don't even know about what's happening in, um, in the Middle East. They can't tell you where it's at. When I was pastoring in St. Louis, I had a young black kid, 18 years old. 
I was at the Dream Center. I took him to my house in South County. We passed the Arch, which is literally 12 minutes away from the Dream Center. The kid told me at that point in time, 18 years in life, hey, I've never seen the Arch this close. I'm like, what do you mean? You, you're literally 12 minutes away. That's five miles away. Yeah, I've never been over here. He's never left his hood. I said, no, whoa, we got to remedy this. We stopped, turned around the car, and went over there so he could touch the arch. We took a picture by it. His name's Ramel. These kids aren't, don't know about what's happening in the Middle East, but they see the passion of someone like Corey Bush who looks like them, who's in a position of power, and they think, yeah, what's, what she cares about, what she's passionate about, it's for me too, and they made it personal. And it's personal for these guys. They're not thinking about their constituents. They're thinking about what they want, each other, the squad. They're advancing their own um, notion. These are activists. They're not lawmakers. And we got to think about that stuff when we're voting them into office. Here's the other thing I noticed, the third thing. They haven't assimilated into America. Charlie Kirk asked this question. Is America changing them or are they changing America? Who's changing who? Is this what the founding fathers intended for immigrants when they came to our country I mean, you know, when, when they came in, is this what the founding fathers, they, they said, hey, everyone's welcome here. We are a nation and a country of ideals and this hope and this vision and this dream that we can come and look for a better um, way to, to yes, to, to make sure that we can, you know, express who we are, but we all come together for freedom, for liberty, for justice. And what's happening over there with, um, with you know, um, the Palestinian people harboring Hamas who attacked Israel who stands for freedom and democracy over in that region, what's happening over there is not right. It's not just. And we, as Americans, we have to stand for what's right, for democracy, for freedom. They were attacked. 1,400 of their um, citizens were killed, butchered by terrorists who came across shooting them, burning them, cutting them to pieces. These lawmakers have to think about this, or if you will, these activists who are in, in um, Congress. Is America changing them or are they changing America? That's the question I have. That's the question that we all got to think about. Alex, that is very well said, my friend. I agree with agree with all that. They're there to represent the uh, their constituents in their district and uh, not to further their own agenda. Absolutely. They've forgotten that. So, Well, hey, man, thanks for letting me um, ramble on a little bit. Sounds Go to my great. soapbox there. Uh, uh, <laughs> can, I, can I get an amen <laughs> from, can the, I get an from amen? the people, you know? <laughs> That's where we're at. So, hey, I'm excited about, we're going to have another speaker soapbox, Elijah Har of the Elijah Har Show. He will be with us at 6.50. And we're going to get to that right after local news and the weather with Tom Schmidt right here.